This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. You're here with Amber and Jenna, your hosts. And today we are going to dive deep into a really incredible topic that both Jenna and I swear by and are fully committed to uh, called living an insourced life. Uh, Before we kick off this episode, Jenna has a little bit of MLF news to share. I do. So I have some really exciting MLF news, which is that we now have a shop tab on our website for all of our MLF listeners to get great discounts on great brands that have been vetted by Amber and I for quality and for sustainability. Um, We have lots of great uh, brands up there and we're getting more every day. So some of the ones we have right now are Sun Potion, Vital Proteins, which is collagen supplement, Avocado Organic Mattresses, which are the best mattresses that you could ever buy, um, along with a lot of other ones. So head over to the shop tab, check out um, the great discounts that we have for you. Use those MLF uh discount codes for you to get a discount and to also help support us. So it's really a win-win. And uh, we actually have a sponsor for this episode out of our affiliates that you will find on that shop tab. And it's called Motherhood Unstressed CBD Supplements. And we have a code for you for these CBD uh, supplements and it's MLF. You use the discount code MLF for 10% off of the CBD. So CBD has amazing uh, healing properties and calming properties, and especially great for mothers. You might think the cannabis plant and motherhood are mutually exclusive, but that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, Motherhood Unstressed makes CBD supplements, which were created with the express intention of empowering moms and men, if necessary, dads, to take control of their stress and anxiety and to live the life uh, their life from a place of groundedness and calm, which is, I know as parents is something that we can all use. Um, Amber has been using these supplements and she's been really feeling good. Isn't that right, Amber? Yeah, I have been using these capsules and I love them. And, you know, we did that episode on cannabis, one girl's poison, another girl's medicine. And anyone who listened to that will know that I don't usually resonate with um, cannabis is a medicine, but because this has no THC in it, I can just feel the grounding effects and, um, there's no kind of high effect. I just feel very grounded and calm. And so, yeah, I swear by them. They're incredible. I've been taking them and love them. I mean, the, the number of ways that, uh, CBD can heal your body, your immune system, inflammation. There's just a long, long list. So it's a really wonderful healer. Uh, so we suggest that you check it out, head over to our shop tab, um, and use the code MLF for 10% off. So yes. Amazing. Um, I'm really excited to get into this episode, Jenna, and it's me just too. you and me. We've had so many guests recently and it's nice to kind of come back to just you and me having a little chat hashing it out as we do in life. (laughs) No pun intended. Coming off the CBD conversation. Oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay. Do you have a definition for us? I do. So this is my definition for living an insourced life. When you realize that no guru, 
No teacher or no outside source has better answers for you than you can find within yourself. So you strengthen your internal connection to your higher self, to spirit, and to your intuition. Mm. Amber, what do you think about that? Do you have anything to add maybe? I mean, you always nail it on the definitions. It's always so poetic and concise and clear. I love everything you said there. I mean, I can't really add to that definition. I can just comment on, you know, the moment we're popped out into the world, we're surrounded by systems. These systems look like, you know, social systems, political systems, educational systems. And so the world has these systems that we come into and our, we, our parents have systems that they have established as well. And a lot of the time they've inherited those systems from their parents and so on and so on. So from the get-go, I think that we are um, programmed to think that these systems are the only way to do things. And a lot of that, a lot of the time, those systems seem to be created from the mind to feed the mind and to hand over your, um, your power in a way to other people's ideas and the way to do things. So I love this, this idea of building our own intrinsic systems to navigate our way through life, the systems of the heart and the intuition and the gut, um, not, you know, saying that the other systems, there's not a place for them, but just allowing us to reclaim our power and use the systems of the heart to be our guiding force rather than these outside made up systems. Totally. And can I just add to that, just the concept of bio-individuality, which is something we talk about all the time and how every single body personality person is different and needs a different recipe for success. There's actually no two people that are the same, uh, really. So, um, just to find what works for you by insourcing that information can be really revolutionary. Hugely revolutionary because we're not taught to do that. We're actually taught the opposite. We're taught to follow the systems as if, you know, the outer systems which have been established for a long time as if they're the right way and the only way. And if you go against that system, a lot of the time there's a lot of you know, flack, you, you got to say by you know, other people in your family, maybe friends, society, whatever it may be. But I think totally the age where we are opening up to a whole new way of doing things and the wisdom of the heart is at the forefront of that revolution. And, um, yeah, for me personally, that's the only way I move through life. There's a place for the mind and outsourcing. Um, but in general, I let my compass, and the microcosm of my actions and decisions be guided from the internal wisdom of my Absol- body. Absolutely. And I just also want to interject that uh, the wisdom of the mind is not necessarily going to contradict your insourced information of the heart. You know, a lot of times I'll find your own mind will actually accept very easily the wisdom of the heart. You know, it's just maybe um, sometimes our minds can default back to the systems that we were taught or were pushed upon us. So that could be the, um, you know, the difference there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I think it's just about understanding resonance testing (laughs) and trust, trusting that you do have the answers. And, you know, there's a place for outsourcing, as we mentioned, but just to recognize the difference of blindly following someone else's way that goes Mm. against your true um, intuition 
or rather ignoring what everyone else is doing and going inward and saying, does this resonate with me or not? Sometimes it might, sometimes it may not. You know, I totally agree. And one great, just concrete example could be um, seen in medicine, in the medical system. Mm. So, you know, like you said, there are times for outsourcing. So a good time to outsource might be if you have a traumatic injury where you need an emergency room doctor to stitch up a bleeding wound or something like that. Like you're not going to be able to insource a um, solution for that. You're going to need an expert to help you. However, now let's go to like a chronic condition. Like for example, um, you know, like I had anxiety or, um, Amber had struggled with PCOS and we went to doctors who I'll just speak about myself. You know, when I went to a doctor and told them I'm anxious and told them all my symptoms, you know, they told me, well, this is the protocol. We're going to put you on Klonopin. We're going to put you on Valium. And I did it. And I was a shell of myself. Like I don't even remember an entire semester of college because I took those drugs. So that didn't resonate with me. So instead of continuing to outsource the solution for my anxiety problem, I began to insource when I realized that the outsourcing wasn't working. And, um, you know, it's through the insourcing that I really was able to overcome a lot of my issues that would never have been fixed with medications, uh, deeper issues that were at the root of my anxiety. So I was able through spiritual process and through insourcing, trusting my intuition to go deeper, 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 and to find a real solution to my problems that did not include, um, pharmaceutical drugs. So yeah. that's just an example. Brilliant. And I think, um, if we, we, if we kind of look at where the fork of the road is, a lot of people don't realize there's another option. A lot of people look at what the system has established as being the only way. And we're not taught to look inward and, and really like challenge concepts like the medical industry. So many people look at them as having all the answers. That's the only way that the professionals and, you know, I don't want to disregard them completely. They have done a lot of kind of research and amazing things in a lot of areas of Western medicine, but that is not to disregard our own internal wisdom. So well done, Jenna. I mean, all the hugest um, transformational times in my life have been moments when I've pushed against the conditioning of the society, the, the medical industry, my, my parental guidance into what I know to be a better way. And I've always come out with a result that is it concludes the issue. So I think this is a super important topic just to how we get to that place. So I want to ask you, Jenna, how did, you know, we're not programmed to think that we have another option. We're programmed to think that experts and professionals know the way and that's the only way. So how did you come to realize that there was another way to live your life and to make choices from your heart rather than outsourcing everything? Uh, well, I think that I came into this life with a pretty strong, um, connection to my intuition. Um, there's something which I call telos, which is an internal communication system with, uh, your higher self or your guides. I think that came on pretty strong with me and I always had a strong intuition and a strong sense of resonance. And I would love for you to explain also, Amber, like the whole concept of resonance testing, cause that's very important here. Um, but I think that what happened was I was realizing that I was forcing myself, this is early in my life, let's say like in my early teens and even like, I guess, 20s, um, where I would actually quiet the voice of intuition in my head, which was 
leading me in one direction. I was resonating in this one direction, but then because of the social pressures of the systems and the, um, yeah, social pressure, I'd say of, of my parents, of my school, of whatever the case was, I would instead choose an option, which did not work for me. Like in the case of my anxiety, like it didn't feel right, but I did it anyway. And then I would, I would notice a bad consequence as a result. So mm-hmm. I would re- like, like, for example, one example that just came to my mind is I, I had like a sore throat and I went to the doctor and, and the doctor said, well, we think you're fine, but let's just do this one test to, to make sure. And it didn't feel right to do that test, but I did it anyway. And of course the, the test came back, they found nothing. And, um, then two weeks later I get hit with like a $500 bill for that test, which they didn't even tell me about. And it was just, it was useless and it was expensive. And I was angry that I didn't just listen to my intuition. So enough times of stuff like that happening where I just, just made it a practice to listen to my intuition. Mm, I know. And I, I remember you, when we were talking over this subject, I remember you mentioning that motherhood was also a real activation into living predominantly in the intuition and letting your heart guide. Absolutely. And I think though, because when you have somebody else um, that you're taking care of, then uh, it really becomes, I mean, let's just say part of what makes mothers successful in nature is their intuition. So that maternal intuition is a survival mechanism for our species. And that really comes online uh, in parenthood. What was your experience with that? I mean, uh, completely in the same boat with motherhood being a massive activator into my intuition, being in the forefront of my mind, my body, and not being able to ignore the screaming voice of my intuition. And that's been really my guiding force um, for quite a large majority of my life. I would say if we're talking about when I discovered this theory and when I discovered there was another way to kind of navigate my way through life, it would be with the dissolving of um, the matrix that we, we often call it, the kind of the illusion of what we think is the only way and, and how much to trust those systems. When I started going into my spiritual practice, um, all of these kind of systems dissolve to a degree and I realize that we make up life. Like we have the power to actually decide Um, and create our own internal systems. So I could decide what motherhood looked like and how I wanted to parent rather just than just inherit what my parents did and what society tells me to do. I could actually, a, a big activator as well was health issues. I had a bout of health issues, which I just couldn't get to the bottom of. And every single Western doctor I went to said, oh, it's a mystery. We don't know what causes polycystic ovaries. We just know you're infertile. Take the pill and then that will create a fake cycle, a fake period. And then maybe eventually your hormonal system will sort itself out. And I just thought to myself, that doesn't make sense. Something on a gut level didn't sit with me. And so I started looking for answers um, in other places, doing my own research and allowing my own intuition to guide me down a different path. And from that, I discovered the true root cause of things and started to correct my health by myself. So that really cracked the idea that 
this was the only way. These systems that I've inherited from the world and from my parents and my friends are the only way. So that, that really strengthened it for me. Totally. That makes perfect sense. I, I, I really think medical issues is one great window into this entire topic. Um, you know, I've had some other examples in my life where I, I have gotten massive information internally, you know, um, two things that come to mind right off the bat is, is learning the piano and learning the tarot because, um, both of those skills came to me completely through insourcing and almost immediately. Um, like I couldn't play the piano and then I, I all of a sudden could, or I didn't know how to read the tarot. And then I, I laid all the cards out in front of me and then I just instantaneously was able to. And part of the reason why is because I've been strengthening these internal systems and I've really, I'm really, uh, so like I was saying before with like this, uh, thing that I call telos, which is like the same root as telephone, which is like a communication system that exists within yourself that can connect you to your guides, connect you to your angels, connect you to the um, higher self and the Akashic records. So you literally can like download information really fast if you have a very well working telos system within you. And I have to interject, you got to tell us the process of like doing the telos, like tell me your meditation by step so whoever's listening can give this a go absolutely so it's a process of meditation telos is com- only possible through quieting your mind and strengthening those internal connections which what we would call in 3d meditation sort of a blanket term uh what i would do to receive guidance from you know higher sources would be to um, ask a question to sit in meditation and completely clear my mind uh call in guidance. Let me just say beforehand that I, before I do this, I will put myself in an energy shield of a bubble, basically a bubble of light with the double grounding cords, one down to the earth, one up to spirit. And I I protect myself in this bubble because, you know, with this telos, with information coming through, there's lots of spirit up there that some are good, some are bad. So you really want to make sure that you're in a shield if you are communicating with spirit, because you want to make sure that that spirit communication is coming from the higher, the higher dimensional realms, you know, and not like the the astral plane or something uh, where Hitler hangs out as we know. (laughs) Um, so anyway, so I put myself in this, in the bubble, I sit down in meditation. I ask the question that I need guidance for, and I clear my mind. And then what happens is I start to realize that thoughts are coming in and they're not my thoughts. And that is, and, and they resonate deeply that with this, with the resonance test. Um, so that is how I get information through telos. And, um, do you want to talk about the resonance test for a little bit, Amber? Mm, yeah, sure. I think that telos theory is so incredible. And it also sounds like it activates dormant parts of you, which you may have genetically inherited or, you know, somehow picked up from past lives. Totally. Like yes. I knew that you've probably got um, in your family, you've got musical genetics, which maybe just wasn't activated in your current lifetime. So when you quieted that space and called in that relationship, a deeper relationship with the piano, maybe the telos kind of, I don't know, somehow released that mm-hmm. genetic coding you already have embedded in you. 
or soul memory, because I actually think in the cases of the piano and the tarot that I had been able to read them in at least one, if not many past lives. And it was like a past life memory that was surfacing. That's how I, how I see it, because I just don't see any other way where I could have been able to do that. But, um, Another example of that is my son, Milo. I mean, and he's never even been taught this concept. Like I've never sat him down and been like, there's a concept called telos and you have, you know, an internal communication system. I've never told him that, but he will tell me like Milo right now is super into math. Like he just wants math problems. And so, um, you know, I, I gave him like increasingly hard math problems. And it, it got to ones that were pretty hard, like double digit, like, you know, like 25 plus 30 or like, 25 plus 10 or something like that, where he's never been taught that in class and he was getting them right. Um, and I was like, Milo, like, how did you do that? And he said, you know, without even thinking, he was like, Oh, my angels told me, my angels told me the answer. (laughs) So it's just, it's just interesting, you know? I love that. I love how the little ones are also so much more open and tapped in to, you know, that type of information coming in. Yeah, Um, exactly. So you mentioned before the resonance test. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is something you and I use all the time, and this is something that I wish I had been taught earlier on in my life. It would have saved me so many, like, (laughs) I mean, everything's perfect, but at the same time, if I (laughs) resonance test on like, whether to accept that date or not, or whether to, you know, be in that relationship or not, or go take that job or whatever it may be, I would have saved myself a lot of time. I don't know, but you might not be where you are. We might not be having this conversation if you had, you know, it's like, that's why everything is perfect. But I've reached a point in my life where I want to get where I'm going at speed. (laughs) Um, This really is a tool that I use all the time. So, you know, we, as you mentioned before, we really love having the theory of bio-individuality in the forefront of our mind when we're making um, decisions. And considering your unique constitution, your physical constitution, emotional and spiritual mental constitution, really no one knows you more than you know you. So because of that, you have um, you have a knowing inside yourselves about what is best for you, what kind of energy you can handle and helps you thrive, what type of food makes you feel best. What type of conversations leave you uplifted and which ones don't? What type of career and path is going to ignite you and inspire you? And what's going to really like push you down and make you feel exhausted, which is a sign of like resistance, Uh right? So um, the resonance test is super simple. All it is, is you say, say I'm applying the resonance test to what I'm going to eat today. I look in the fridge and I'll have like three options And I will look at, you know, some brown rice and roasted yams and, um, you know, vegetables. And I will, the resonant test looks like I visualize myself eating that. And I look at that and I hold it and I can instantly feel um, a physical feeling come up in my body. I'll instantly get a message from my body, from my gut, from my heart, from my physical body. And that will either be like opening and expanding or contracting is how I like to kind of suss out which direction that message is. Love that. 
and then I'll put it down and then I'll be like, mm, or is it a cold salad rather than a warm rice bowl? And I look at the salad and I visualize myself eating it and my body will instantly give me a message of contracting or expanding. And I'm like, hmm, no, it doesn't feel like that today. It feels like this. And, you know, we did the episode, um, Your Body's Dialogue, where it really highlights this wisdom of our body. And I think it's so underutilized. And I just love using that resonance test based in the feeling you get in your body as the way of communication, how your body is trying to communicate with you rather than, well, it's a sunny day. So maybe I should eat something a little lighter and a little like colder. No, ask your body, ask your body what it wants rather than putting the facts together in a linear kind of practical way. Oh, I love that. I love how you said that. Like, because with food, it's so often that we want to like, listen to our mind. Like we should eat this or we sh- because of this, that, and that, and, um, like logical reasoning versus mm-hmm. coming from the gut. Like what does our body need, you know? And love and that distinction. Into so many fads, like, you know, right now, coconuts oil is all the rave or the pale diet or veganism or whatever it may be. And it's so easy to get sucked into, oh, this is the best thing for my body because everyone else is doing it. And this is the current discoveries. Oh, but totally. Jump on board. We just have to sit with ourselves, And as you said, Jenna, the place to insource and get that fresh information that is suited to your bio-individuality is the stillness of the mind and allow, allow all the chatter to disappear and ask yourself a question and wait for the answer to arrive rather than um, projecting the answer. So yeah, I use it for everything, whether I should like accept that social date or not. And it's interesting because I did an experiment and, you know, I love doing little experiments. It's a bit of an adventure for me. And I did a week where, you know what, I'm going to just say yes to everything, whether my resonance test is is supporting the yes or not. And 100% of the time, like for instance, I got an invitation to go, um, see a movie, right? And my resonance test was, "Mm, you know what? I know I agreed to it last week, but today when I asked myself, like, is this going to serve my highest good? And is this going to like be worth it for me to venture out of the house? It's saying no. And I don't know why it doesn't make sense to my logical mind, but it's saying no. And I'm like, you know what? Today is my, yeah. I mean, this week's my yes week. I'm just going to go. It was a series of unfortunate events. (laughs) was kind of like, you know, my car got scratched. I arrived and then there was some really aggro person in front of me that picked a fight with me in the line. And then it was just like a continual series of like negative flow and, or unflow stagnancy. So it was just interesting. I, I, it really confirmed the fact that we have this incredible access to our own higher wisdom. We just have to trust it. So piggybacking off that, Jenna, can you tell me ways in which you recognize what is your mind talking and what is your intuition talking and how to strengthen that so you can trust it and you know when it's talking and you know when to follow it? Um, um, yeah. yeah. So, so I would I say... That, uh, Jenna, I would say, I would say that, that, um, hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, I would say that the difference is how it feels in your body. So something that resonates with you is going to be feeling really good um, in your body. Like you said, a a sense of expansiveness, expansion, a hell yes. Like all your cells of your body are excited. It feels right. Something that is forced upon you by mental systems would feel wrong, not resonant. Like you have to force yourself to do it. You don't want to do it. It's not a hell yes. Um, and can so, I just, sorry yeah. to interject, in that moment when you said like it's a hell yes in my body, it's usually the initial gut reaction you get to something before the mind has time to come in. It's usually like in that split second when you think about it, you get a yes or a no. And then a lot of the time we convince ourselves out of that. Mm-hmm. So just just to kind of like, you know, keep in mind that sometimes it's the initial reaction. And, and to go with the initial reaction and don't question it. Like here's an example. So I, you know, take vitamins every morning because I am vegan and I take these like amazing multivitamins, liquid multivitamins and different um, powders like reishi mushroom and, uh, you know, collagen powders, different things, um, nutritional supplements. And I have it in my mind that I need to take those things every day. I'm like, I wake up, I take these things. That's what I do. Right. And that's like my mental construct. But I'll find that on certain days, I don't feel like taking it. Like, I'm like, nah, I don't really feel like taking my multivitamins today. Or I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to leave out the collagen today or whatever. And, you know, like if I was, if I was very rigidly rigid in my mental systems, I would be like, no, must take collagen every day. No, Mm -hmm. must take multivitamin every day. But you know what? Sometimes I leave it out. And, and I think that's good, you know, because what if they find out, for example, in five years that you aren't supposed to take multivitamins every day. As a matter of fact, you're supposed to take it every other day or something. It's like new research comes out all the time. So I just go with my gut and I'm like, and I'm happy about that. And I feel good. uh, I feel good with that, you know? Mm -hmm. And on that point, our systems are constantly fluctuating. We're constantly changing. And you may have been nutrient like calcium deficient, for example, and you took your multivitamins up to a point where you're now um, efficient in calcium. But if you continue to take your multivitamins, you're actually taking in what you don't need. And it can be to the system. So it's great that you can check in and say, does this serve me today? Because your system today needs different things that it needed yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's great to just like keep checking in and doing inventory of your, uh, with your residence test. And thinking about where does this thought come from? Is this a, a rigid mental construct or is this something that I got because somebody else told me to do it? Like another example, um, you know, could be like sushi, eating sushi, you know, like I remember it was such a, like the rage and status fashion to like eat sushi, maybe like 10 years ago, maybe it still is. I don't know. But, um, like, and sushi is so healthy cause it's like fish and rice and seaweed. And that's like so healthy for your body. But like that never resonated with me. Like I was like, raw fish, like that sounds gross. Absolutely not. So I didn't eat it, you know, and now here we are 10 years later and all the people who are eating sushi are now, now have intestinal parasites because they ate raw fish with it, with parasites in them. You know what I mean? So it's like poisoning and parasites. Yeah. So it's like, I saved myself from that by not following the trend and instead listening to my internal sense of resonance. Exactly. And, you know, I just got into the concept that heavy metals are genetically inherited. 
Like we, if our mother hasn't had a clean out of her heavy metals in her system, we actually inherit that. So it could be a bio-individual matter even where you have inherited enough mercury and like heavy metals where any more would kind of like max your system out. Whereas other people, maybe they didn't really inherit much mercury. And so for them, their body is going, yeah, you can handle some fish. It's not going to be detrimental to your health. You know, like who knows? There's so exactly your unique constitution. You just got to trust that inner guidance. Totally, because we all have such unique constitutions that a doctor could never suss out all these little specificities of like how much heavy metals you inherited from your mom and how much this and how much your body can handle. Like that is an equation that no doctor could ever figure out, even if they even knew to figure it out, which they don't. So it's like you really have to trust yourself. Yeah, I I totally agree. And, you know, just to wrap up this question on how do you understand the difference between if your intuition is talking and your kind of linear, more practical, or let's say just like the programs you're adapting to, if you're leaning that way. For me, I love a really simple, um, a really simple approach, which is, did that thought come from love or fear? Did that action come from love or fear? And for me, I can tell when I'm moving from my heart, when not only feels good is the number one test, but it's, it's an expression of love because quite often I can, um, I can justify like moving through life with my head. It's a practical thing to do. It's the safe thing to do. It's the expected thing to do against what it feels I can justify that so easily. So I always say, but it may be the practical thing to do, but is that coming from fear or from love? And in that moment I can um, discern where I'm moving from, if I'm insourcing or if I'm usually outsourcing. So yeah, great. So Jenna, I want to know, have there been repercussions for you um, since you have been following predominantly through like your heart, like living an in-source life, what type of repercussions have you seen with family, friends, jobs, the, the systems really that you're really pushing against in a way? Well, it's a beautiful and terrifying thing because, um, every, all the magic and everything that you truly want deep down in your heart starts to manifest around you and become your reality, which is thrilling. But um, the, the downside is that anything that's still, you know, attached to the old systems, um, very committed to living an outsourced life, friends, family, jobs, as you said, um, all those things fall away, just naturally fall away. And what you're left with is um, the things that are truly in alignment with your, I guess, soul, for lack of a better word. Mm, I love that. And for anyone who's going through this process, it can look like life breakdown when you start to really insource and follow your gut intuition and just change your perspective on the breakdown situation to see it as your higher self, the universe clearing the way for an upgrade for, to clear that space. So things that are really resonant with your new higher vibration can come on in and support you on the trajectory in, you know, higher consciousness, really. Definitely. And, you know, we have two podcasts. One is called um, Spiritual Breakdown. No, Life Breakdown Equals Spiritual Breakthrough. And Mm -hmm. one is called The Isolation Transformation Situation, if you guys need more about that topic. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just, I wish that people were taught this. You know, it's like we're so... um, 
where it's so taught against this. It's like, we are, we are indoctrinated to, to, to not believe that we can insource information. And, um, do you think that's, that's for a purpose? Don't you think that? So why do you think the powers, okay, I'll, I'll let you answer this. (laughs) Why do you think we've come so far from living an insourced life to just outsourcing everything? Because there is power, there's empowerment in realizing that you create your own reality, that you have the power to heal yourself, that you have the power to insource information versus um, needing somebody else to tell you what to do. Because if you need somebody else to tell you what to do, like a doctor or a teacher or somebody, parent, somebody to tell you what to do, then you are not taking control of your own life. You are not empowered. Your energies are not empowered to, um, you know, exist as they should unhindered in the world. So there's empowerment in living an in-source life. And since the, in the word empowerment, there's power. Do you know what I mean? There's energy, there's spiritual energy. So those, the powers that be in the world that are controlling the systems, the bad guys, let's for lack of a better word, you know, they want that power. They want that soul power from people. They want that energy of being the one who tells people what to do. Um, people who are sheep and get told what to do are far easier to control. And, um, you know, the people who are trying to control the world right now, they, they want to be in control. They want the resources for themselves. They want to be the commanders. Um, and so by inundating us with this, um, concept that we have to outsource everything is one way that they disempower us and maintain their control. Mm, I totally agree. Not to disregard that there is a place to outsource as we established earlier in this, in the conversation. I just want to like, you know, refrain from making it seem like it's a one-sided conversation because I really do think, as we said, there is a place for outsourcing, but within that outsourcing, you can use your insourcing intellect, your heart wisdom, your body wisdom, your gut intuition to decide how to outsource, what is my resonance in your outsourcing. Exactly. It's like, if you need to outsource, your, your insourcing will tell you to outsource. It's like, you're going to put medication and they're going to be like, contact the doctor, or they're going to be like, you know, they're going to give you the information and who you need to contact to outsource. So of course, outsourcing is, is fine and appropriate as long as you are first going within and making sure that that is right for you. I agree. And I know we're about to wrap up, but I wanted to throw one more question at you because someone on our Instagram asked us to approach this question. What is your idea around um, men um, leaning into living an in-source life? Do you think it's harder for them to live from the heart? And how can we support them kind of dissolving the system of letting the head dominate and outsourcing and really moving into that empowerment of trusting your, your heart's wisdom. Such, such a good question, you know, and men are even worse than women in the way that they are, um, almost forced away from their intuition, away from their heart intelligence, like men who are in touch with their hearts, you know, who are emotional. Um, they tend to be ridiculed. They tend to be given a hard time. They're told they're not a man to man up, to suck it up. Um, and those types of comments over time, just, just diminish that intuition, that heart wisdom. And then they end up just only thinking from the head and they're so reinforced by society. And plus they have the already predisposition to come more from the head and less from the intuition because 
the woman, the female, the maternal intuition, that's like a survival, like we were talking about a survival mechanism for our species. So women come with that heart wisdom really strong so that they can protect their children. And, um, so men don't have that as much. So I think for men, it's even harder, but there's so many men who are able to do this. I mean, just cause it's harder, doesn't mean it's not possible and doesn't mean that it's not, you know, maybe even twice as worthy because we need that divine masculine. We need that masculine man who's balanced in both female and um, male intelligences. And so it's a beautiful spiritual practice for men to get into this. And how we can support them could be just by giving them a safe space, by holding space for them, by Mm -hmm. um, talking to them about these things and by maybe not pressuring them, but by at least giving them information and fresh information that this is even possible. Mm, I agree. And considering the fact that globally the seat of power is usually held by a man (laughs) and all the main decisions of, you know, war and political things and the issues we're really dealing with comes usually from men. So if those men, if, if it became acceptable, as you said, and not faux pas, and it was done in a true masculine grounded way, I think that the world would look very different. If people are making decisions by the heart rather than the strategy of the mind, I think there wouldn't be wars. There wouldn't be a lot of the issues that we have right now. I so, mean, this. he was a man. He, he listened to his heart. He said he didn't like go with what was, um, you know, common at that time. He looked deep within himself. He found that love within his heart. And then he spread that in from his own internal wisdom. So it's a great mm-hmm. example, you know, Jesus. I agree. Jesus. Jesus. Totally he is the man. And also just in discussing tools in supporting the men, getting familiar with that place of living in the heart. Um, I think we just invite them into that space with us. The more we represent living from that space, the more they get subtly inspired and they subtly move to meet us energetically in that place. I mean, just by representing that, you're changing the vibration around you. So I think it's really the time for us to represent a new way and to show them that it is actually a practical move to live, to allow the heart to be the compass for, you know, the predominant compass, you know, of course there's a place for the mind, but yeah. So that's a big conversation, but we're doing it. And I think it's now is the time. It is more acceptable now than ever before for men to start exploring that heart space. Totally. And like you said, just, you know, supporting them just by you doing it and them being around you, that can really just help mirror that for them. And, you know, that brings me to my next point, which is that, um, finding a community of people who understand this and can hold space for you to do this. Because a lot of people are, you know, all their friends and family, like don't understand this concept, have never heard of it and cannot support you. And I know, for example, like, um, Amber, you have a great coaching practice, which supports people in this. So, I mean, if any of our listeners, need that, uh, that support and someone to hold that space for you. I know Amber, I think a few of her coaching spots have opened up, which is really exciting. Cause that's not necessarily common that she would have openings, but I think that Amber would be a great person. If, if anybody like needs somebody to hold space for them, to help them to strengthen their insourcing, their intuition, to help heal themselves through these means of, um, getting down to what they know is right for their, their body. Um, I think that's a great resource, you know, and I'm sure there's other coaches like you out there too. 
Yeah, no, there are. And I love that this is the era where it's becoming accessible and the resources are coming up in plenty. You just have to be open to it and looking for it. And my whole kind of mission is to redesign the systems where we are empowered to take on our health, to carve out our lives that are in alignment with our true purpose and our greatest vitality. Because I do think that these systems need to be restructured now because we're heading to globally, environmentally, politically, socially, we are headed towards a pretty grim future because these current systems are not working. These systems designed on the ego really is not, it's, it's moving us towards despair. So if we can start to restructure our own internal systems and strengthen that and be familiar with that and manifest our life from that space, it's going to be, we're going to have a ripple effect. We're going to be teaching our children the things we wish we were um, told as, as young little girls. And my parents didn't know about this and didn't know that it was kind of like, you know, a restructuring of the education system that they were taught. So I think that if we are just, I know it's so corny to say, but if we are the change and we represent that, that is going to be the ripple effect that will teach the future generations to reverse this crazy mess we're in. And I can really work that with us. Yeah. Be so, the change, put a tattoo on your face. That's what I want to say. I am very tempted to do that. Amazing. Well, I know where um, we are getting short on time. So Oh, is there anything else you want to throw out there in this brilliant topic? Um, I, I hope that we, that we, you know, gave people an idea of what we're talking about, even when we say living an in-source life. So if we did that, then it's a success. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And once again, for anyone out there who's wanting to try, um, cultivate more of an in-source life, when the breakdowns start to happen, just change your perspective into seeing that as things are shifting and upgrading, your your surroundings are going to start reflecting your internal growth and um, upward trajectory. So don't worry if shit hits the fan <laughs> when you try on this concept. That's a good thing. It's clearing. <laughs> making way for all the best things that are truly going to support your best life ever. So go forth and live an in-source life and just trust, trust in that heart wisdom. So let's um, throw out an invitation for today. Um, I know what, how about, unless Jenna, you have something you're really lit up about. Um, I just thought maybe an invitation for today's topic that our audience could try on is to just watch yourself during the day and observe how often you outsource your your ideas and your your um, actions and how much you insource them. Is there a certain area where you do this most? What to eat, what to wear, how to spend your time, etc. Practice redirecting your mind inward and trusting that no one else has the answers to your questions better than you. Beautiful. Let us know how you go on the mission if you accept it. And on that note, we hope you have an incredible week. We are so grateful to have you on this journey with us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and share um, this episode with the people you love. 
and leave us a review on iTunes as well because that really helps us grow and feel like we're doing something good here and it's working. So we love you guys lots and join us for our Insta Live on Friday, 1.30 Pacific time and let us know if you have a topic you want us to explore. And that's it for today. So we love you lots, guys. Have an awesome week and we will feel you with us next week. Love you guys. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.